0: Well, go ahead and take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 25. Exodus, chapter 25, continuing with our study of Moses. Had a little bit of a reprieve last week and enjoyed the message by Brother Hilton. Now we're up on the final uh, chapters, the final lessons here. will take us right up to Christmas time and then we'll be finished uh, with the life of moses okay as far as our lessons go uh for that so exodus chapter 25 and we're going to start reading in verse in verse one okay 25 verse one and tonight we're talking about moses and the tabernacle living a consecrated life living A consecrated life. Let's look here, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram's skins dyed red, and badger's skin and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. So here is the instructions for the tabernacle. You know, a French proverb says, a good meal ought to begin with hunger. Okay? Uh, the idea is that when you're hungry, you'll eat anything. <laughs> So uh, it's good to begin with hunger. Uh, that's, a, that's an important product. You know, sometimes when we come to the word of God, we need to be hungry. We need to have a hunger, uh, not a physical hunger, but a spiritual hunger. A hunger to, to, for something from God, that God would share something with us. And of course, uh, he's going to do that through his word. And that's what we have here, the bread of life. And we come to God in a time of worship. We want to hear from Him. We want want God to feed us in a spiritual way. And that's that's why we're here tonight. Do you have spiritual hunger to worship God according to the Word of God? A lot of people want to worship the Lord, but they want to do it in their own way. You know, I am going to worship God in my own fashion and do it my own way. Well, you don't read, you know, you don't get very far in the Bible before you realize that God has it his way. And he wants worship according to truth. And, of course, we need to be in spirit, all right? We need to be saved to worship God, and we need to do it in truth, what the Bible says. Uh, We just can't worship any way we want to. And we notice here that when God gave the plans... For the tabernacle, they were very defined. Now it wasn't a blueprint; it was in a, it was written out, and they had it in words. Today, you'd think of building a building or a structure; it would be done with blueprints, have a blueprint and all the dimensions all laid out for you. But not here; it was all written out. But yet, God defined exactly what He wanted right down to what they would wear. The priests would wear when they were serving in the temple. He had it right down to the minor details. So God has, you know, he wants us to come and he wants us to do it his way. And of course, it was the temple was designed to be a dwelling place for the Spirit of God because he was going to journey with them to the Canaan land. And it was done in a way that it would be easily taken down, and packed up, and carried. Some, some of the articles were placed on a cart, and carried on a cart. Some of the things, like furniture, were carried on the shoulders of the Levites as they journeyed from place to place. But it was to be assembled and deassembled as they journeyed to Canaan on their way. And that was God's plan, and that's how we designed it, here as we'll see in the Bible. So tonight in our lesson, if you're following along with your outline, you're going to follow along and write down these points. Tonight we have three Ds of the tabernacle as described in our lesson. So number one, we see the detailed directions, the detailed directions. God told Moses what to do. He told Moses what to do. Notice it says here in verse 2, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. So the the materials for this structure and for this worship place was to be donated on behalf of the people. The people were to bring these articles that he wanted. And some of these things were, were very expensive, were precious And you can imagine, you know, here are these people. uh, They just came out of slavery. And now they have all this nice stuff. And all of a sudden, God says, give it to me. (laughs) But that's the way he wanted it. Why? Because worship is special. And when we worship, we give God our best. And God wants the best. And so when it came to a place for him to dwell in, he wanted what was best. And and these people were to give it sacrificially. Also, they were to give it willingly with their own desire. No one was to force them. It wasn't a, wasn't a, a tax. It wasn't a levy. It was an offering to God. And they were to give it by their own free will. He told them what to give, to give, and they were to give it willingly unto the Lord. And you know isn't that just like today? When we bring our tithes and our offerings to the church and uh, you know, pre-COVID, we put it in the offering plate. Now, after COVID, we got these, uh, these boxes, and it's all the same. It's still giving to the Lord. But when we put that in there, we give that to God, what is our attitude? Are you giving from a willing heart? Or as the Bible says over Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven, are you giving it in a grudging manner? Are you giving it grudgingly? Are you giving it but you're complaining about it? It's not of a free will. That's the wrong heart. We need to be, as the Bible says, a cheerful giver. When we give to the Lord, and that's what God sees. God, you know, God sees the offering we give, and that's good. But He also sees the heart. And you know, I wonder what's more important to God. What do you think is more important to God—the heart or the gift? (laughs) I would say the heart. That's what God's looking at. So we need to have a right heart when we do that, and it's important. And it's important to the Lord, and it's important that it's a sacrifice. You know the story about the pig and the chicken walking down the road and they saw a sign on a church building church come to our breakfast and on the bottom of the sign it said "Ham, uh, rather bacon and eggs and the chicken fired up and said hey we can help out with that and the pig looked at the chicken says yeah you give a donation I got to make a sacrifice But God wants a sacrifice. He wants us to give our best because he deserves our best. And when we do that, we honor him. We bring glory to his name. And that's what Israel did. Sacrifice in the Bible means that we give to God the best we have. It is the finest form of worship. Sacrifice is not giving up things, but giving to God with joy the best we have. That was Oswald Chambers. He said that. Uh, for that letter B God told Moses how to do it so he didn't he just told him he told him what to do take up this offering and then he told him how to do it and again as I said before you don't read very far in the Bible that you realize God does things decently and in order it's done right as, as an example creation creation was done right <laughs> it was you know it's good the lord said and we see that the only problem with creation today is the mar of the fall okay the fall and the bible says creation groans because of the fall but yet still even though the fall and the effects of the fall creation's still pretty good it's still beautiful And things work according as God planned. And I'm thankful for that. And so God does things decently and in order. And when it came to the tabernacle, he wanted Moses. He gave instructions. He said, this is how you're going to build it. These are the materials you're going to use. And when you make the furniture, you're going to make the furniture in a certain way. And you're going to do it accordingly. And when you get it built and you have the furniture ready, when you put the furniture inside the holy place, it's going to go in a certain place. And you're going to have it where I want it. <laughs> it was done decently and in order so that, that it would be a place of, of worship, bringing things. And so God gives attention to the details, doesn't he? He gives attention to details. And that's important to him that we have those details because uh, if you don't take care of the details, then we can get in some trouble, right? It doesn't take long before things start going wrong. And we have to do it according to the details. Of course, Solomon said it best take up the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's not the big things. Isn't, don't you find that in your life? It's true in my life. It's not the big things that trip me up. It's the little things. The tiny, you know, and of course, sin is sin. There's no big sin or, bad, or little sin. But, you know, sometimes we, we focus on the big things, but it's actually the little things that trip us up when we're not, we're not careful of uh, our anger, all right? We might look at that as a little thing, but you know that can trip you up pretty good, your anger. And so we have to be careful about that. So you remember the the story of the talents. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30, uh, the Lord uh, tells a story about a man who had three servants, and each servant was given some talents. He was given some treasure, and one received... Five, one received two, and another received one. And he went away on a journey, and he told them to take those talents and use them. And what happened? Two of the servants doubled, then you know what they had. They doubled their their margins, and was able to have more when the man came back. And what did he say to them? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter down to the, all right, the the. the and to do the favor of the Lord. And so, uh, but the one, what happened? What did he do? He took that one and he buried it. And he just says, well, I'll just leave it there. And, and, you know, someone said the reason that he buried it, and this is just something to think about. I'm not saying this is why the Bible doesn't say, but someone commented that the reason he buried it was because he didn't think the king was coming back. Now, I don't know if that's the truth or not, but that's something to think about, isn't it? You might have just thought, well, this guy's never going to get back here, so therefore, I'll just keep it. (laughs) I won't have to give it back. It'll always be mine. But that's something about our talents and our treasure. What God gives to us, He wants us to use it properly and faithfully so that we can give it back so that we can give back and return what we have received. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what giving's about. Giving is not getting, you know, having to give something. It's about giving back what I have received. What God has given to me and blessed me with, I can now return and give it to someone else. And here we see there uh, in this story that, you know, attention to details is important because if we're found faithful, you say, "Well, giving my, you know, give my offering, giving my tithe, is that really a big thing to God?" Yeah, it is. Why? Because if God can trust you with the little things, right? If God can trust you with ten percent, then He can trust you with more, right? Isn't that a basic principle of the Bible? The Bible teaches that. When we can be trusted with little, God says, I can trust you with more. And I'll give you more. And give you more influence. And, more. and that's what it says in Luke chapter 16, verses 10 to 12. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. But we've got to prove ourselves. And we see this principle here. So God told Moses how to build it. And he gave them uh, right down to the smallest details. That leads us to point number two. We see here the delegated duties. The delegated duties. Now, so it wasn't just the building of the tabernacle that was important. It was what they were going to do, what they were going to do there. And God also gave the commands and told them what they will do in that place of worship. So here we see the delegated duties. Of course, if you're gonna worship, you gotta have people. You gotta have some people there to do the work. And that's important. So God God chose some people. And he chose the tribe of Levi. All right, the tribe of Levi. Why the tribe of Levi? I mean, what was so special about them? Why did they get chosen to do this, this special work? Well, because you remember the story of the golden calf? Remember that story when they, uh, you know, Moses came down from the mountain and he saw the people worshiping that calf? He got so angry that he broke the two, uh, the, the tablets of, of stone with the Ten Commandments on it. And what tribe was the tribe that was devoted to the Lord and remained faithful? It was Levi. Levi was. And so because of their devotion and their faithfulness to God during that time when everyone else was, you know, not everyone, but uh, some people were going away from the Lord, they were staying faithful, because of that, God said, I'll choosing them, and they're going to be the tribe that I'll use to serve me in this place of worship. You can write down Exodus chapter 32, if you're keeping notes, verses 26 to 29 has that story. And also Numbers chapter 3. Numbers chapter 3 has that story as well. You can verify that. Now today, who are the priests? Who are the priests? We are. That's right. We're the priests. You're a priest. I'm a priest. Because we are, have been called to a priesthood, a ministry. And that's not because of where we were born or who we were born from. It was because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. All right? Because of Him, we are now priests and we're able to function in a holy priesthood. As it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, and we are able to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. That's a blessing. That's a blessing to come and to worship our Lord, to give our tithes and offering, to sit here and sing and praise the Lord and to read God's word and all of the things that we can do, that is a, that's, that's a working in the spiritual uh, priesthood because of Jesus Christ and because of what he's done for us. And we can serve the Lord uh, and do that in that function Letter A, we see here, um, the priests were appointed. The priests were appointed. Now, from the tribe of Levi, it was the sons of Aaron that became priests, that could serve in the tabernacle, especially in the Holy of Holies or the holy place. They could only, the sons of Aaron, according to their genealogy, they could go in there and perform the duties In that place, they had to be from the children of Aaron to do that. And of course, the the rest of the tribe of Levi had their jobs to do when it came to the tabernacle and different things, they had their functions as well. But it all came from the tribe of Levi. And then in the temple itself or the tabernacle, it was from the sons of Aaron, and their service was dedicated to the Lord. So the priests were appointed by God. Then we see here. Uh, guidelines were given for their apparel. They had to wear a priestly garment. And the Bible says it was made of fine linen. All right, fine linen. Very, very uh, special fabric that came and it it was made in a way uh, for them to serve in that place as a covering uh, for them because uh, they were serving before a holy God before a holy God, they were doing their service. And so God says, you're gonna dress like this. You're gonna wear these garments. Uh, I read a commentary and it, and it said, uh, you know, we think of these garments and the priests are doing this work, and they said, his, uh, he said they were covered with blood because of the work they were doing, the sacrificing of animals and all the work that they had to do. Uh, it's not kind of not like, like today, a little different. Uh, there's no blood sacrifices today. Why? Because Jesus Christ shed his blood, and his blood was enough for all of us. We don't need to shed blood anymore. We've been saved by the blood of Christ, and all our sins have covered and done away with because of that, because it's all under the blood. And, but they were covered with blood, he said, because of the work they were doing and the sacrificing of those animals and the work they were doing. They had, you might say, a uniform. Sometimes people don't like wearing a uniform. Sometimes because of uh, they want to be individually. You know, we want our individual personalities to come out, be ourselves, be who we are. We don't, some people don't like wearing a uniform. I don't mind wearing a uniform. I wore a uniform when I was um, working in different places. It uh, didn't bother me too much. But, you know that priestly garment was like a uniform for them. And when people saw them there, they understood what they were doing. What about us today? What's our uniform? Is it a dress code of the church? Is that our uniform? Am I wearing a uniform now? (laughs) Shirt and tie. Is that a uniform? No. What's the uniform today? The Bible says we're to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's our uniform. And every one of us should be, yeah, we're different, we're individual in every way, we all have our personalities, we all have our looks, but yet each and every one of us can conform to the image of Jesus Christ. And when people see us just like you wearing a uniform, oh, he works for this company or he works for that, you know, you see, you say, Oh, that person, that's a Christian. They're a believer. That's what they should look at us and see that. That should be our uniform today. The, as we conform to the image of Christ, we follow him. And then lastly, we see here tonight the dedicated dwelling the dedicated dwelling. Once the tabernacle was erected, the next step was to prepare the people and the priests for worship and service. Letter A, the priests were consecrated. They were consecrated. The Bible says that the the word consecration means to set apart, to set apart. That means that uh, with the utensils and the furniture, and the tabernacle and the priest and their garments were consecrated to God, to only to be used by God. That was what they were set apart to do. And they did that by anointing oil. They did that by offering blood, sprinkling blood, all of those things representing the Lord Jesus Christ. They also said that long as the priest were serving in their capacity, doing their work, there was to be a burnt offering on the altar burning because they needed that because they were sinful men. They were still sinful men and they needed some, that a sacrifice that pointed to Jesus Christ, representing Christ, covering them. All right, showing that, you know, they're they're just not there because of their ability or what they've been called to do, but rather they're doing it because of Christ. And that's the only way they could serve in that capacity. And that's the truth for us today. For us to serve is when we serve, we're serving because of Christ, because what he's done for us. And he makes us acceptable to God. We are, un- we are unacceptable. We are unable in our own selves to do anything for him. But it's only through Christ that we are accepted and we can serve him in any capacity that we, that we can do today. And then we see here the people were consecrated as well. Each person of the nation was to give a half shekel to the tabernacle, a half shekel. And it was to represent their atonement Now, that obviously didn't purchase their atonement. It had nothing to do with purchasing that. It was to represent something. What did it represent? It represented the blood of Christ. He is our atonement. Sometimes in the New Testament, it's called propitiation. Okay? And Jesus, his blood, is our propitiation. He is our atonement. And you notice the half shekel was the price of every person. Every person was to give a half shekel. Meaning this, every person today is saved by the same blood. We're saved the same way, through grace, by faith, through Jesus Christ. Nobody is saved by works. Alright, nobody is saved there by anything that they do. We're all saved the same way. We all come the same way to the cross. And the cross, we lay our burdens down, we we repent of our sin and we receive Jesus Christ as Savior. And that's the way it's always been. Throughout the whole Bible, we're saved by faith because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's, that was God's plan. That's what the Bible says. God planned it that way. From the foundation of the world, he says in First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. And so we are saved through the blood of Christ and, the, and by faith alone. In conclusion tonight, proper worship must be done decently in order for God to accept it. We've got to come and worship decently and in order. We must do it in spirit and truth, as it says here, as Jesus said to the woman at the well in the New Testament. The building and management of the tabernacle teaches us that God's work needs to be done God's way. Let's do God's work God's way. And every believer is called to some form of service. We need to ask ourselves, what's my service? What am I doing? What's my ministry? Uh, What what are you set apart to do? We all should have a ministry. We all should be doing something. You say, what can I do? Well, you can pray. That's a ministry. Praise the Lord for those who pray. Those who take our prayer list home. And you say, well, and pray through this list. That's a ministry. That's a prayer ministry. Praise the Lord. For those who give out the gospel and hand out tracts, that's a ministry. For those who invite people to church and you bring someone to church or you're helping someone, that's a ministry. These are ministries. And we are set apart to do that. And we can do that for him. And that's a call to consecration, set apart to the Lord to serve him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for the fact that we are your priesthood today. And Lord, each and every one of us who are saved can have a ministry and be a part of that spiritual priesthood. And Lord, just uh, what a blessing that is to be able to serve you. Now Lord, we pray that you would uh, bless our time in prayer tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.